this is what I'll say about white people. Especially in these times of, you know, this protest when people call them white nationalists or, you know, racists and the whole white agenda. Sometimes white people just, for whatever reason, they're uncomfortable around black people and then they project. Like they want to feel comfortable and they do project. It's not particularly racist or prejudiced, but they're just jumpy and weird. And, you know, if a black person takes major offense to it, they can make it into a big deal. But I don't know what their intentions are, but sometimes they are kind of entitled and sort of jumpy and imposing. Like, why is this guy even talking to me, first of all? Actually, no, that's like the third thing. First of all, the reason, if you recall, the reason why I kind of was on my phone, I just kind of looked up at him which might have prompted him to talk to me. Where's your flag? I just kind of look up at him. There was so much space for him to walk. There was like 20 feet of space for him to walk and make a turn. Yet he kind of beelines right towards me. He's like within two, three feet of me. Then he turns. And as he's turning, you know, there's the flag billowing in the wind. It's like, that's why I looked up. I'm like, why is this? Fucking idiot walking up on me like an idiot. Like he's got all his space to walk. Why are you walking up on me like an idiot? It's common sense. It's not that, you know, I'm some angry black man. It's just common sense. Hey, stupid. See all that fucking space you have to walk? Why don't you go walk over there? What are you walking up on me like an idiot for? That's what I'm thinking in my head. Like, you know, common sense, right? Anyways, that's, I look up. I'm like, why is this guy walking up on me? And then he... That might have prompted him to be like, oh, a black man, black man looking at me. Oh, he probably thinks I'm a racist for carrying a flag. And then, he, then he says, um, where's your flag? And I'm like, pointed to my lapel and he walked off. It was kind of a weird little situation. I don't know what to make of it. I'm not going to shit the bed over it, but... As I do kind of, you know, you know, like I've, I've spoken before, you know, I'm not for CRT. Um, I think the black community has to do a lot for themselves. And, you know, there's so much problems within our community that has nothing to do with anyone else other than ourselves. You know, family structure, you know, things like that. But where I differ from a lot of other like-minded, you know, right-leaning blacks is that I do see the fucking games and the little fuckery and the little attitudes and the weirdness that white people do. I'm not going to blame it. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to blame my problems and stuff on white people, but they play their little fucking games as well. Like, don't be cute. All right, don't be fucking cute. Hi, everybody. Hello, Dr. Dink. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramtran. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent February 27th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. Sundown, you better take care. Ain't you find you creeping round my back stair? 
Sometimes I feel it's a shame when I'm feeling no better cause I'm feeling no pain. Sundown, you better take care. It's fucking sundown, boy. Fucking gray clouds in the sky. This would be a great moment to get drunk. That's if I drank again. Just kind of got a real brooding kind of drunk feeling in the air. Gray clouds. Sunken, sallow sky, painted matte gray. Sundown, you better take care. Can't you find you creeping round my back stair? Sometimes I'm feeling shame when I'm feeling no better cause I'm feeling no pain. Great mood to get drunk in. That's if I did drink alcohol anymore. Quick sip of coffee. Coffee balls. Don't mind me, balls. Little coffee break. You know Canadians. Gotta have my coffee. <clears throat> Anyways, if you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramchand and the podcast, this is a show where I bitch, whine, squawk, bellyache, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self. Y'all the dear listener. Y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs, forever. Don't want to find you creeping around my back stare. The show is available on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please. Would you help my black ass out? Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know it truly is. Sundown, you better take care. Hot. Telling you, boy, when you get them lights on you at sundown, you know, so my black ass can shine. You know, you got to see me, right? So, once some lights be getting on you, boy, gets hot. Getting hot at sundown. And if you're a returning guest to JRP, if you know, if you don't know, if you may or may not know, or maybe you surmised, I am an actor extraordinaire. That's being the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it. I recently watched, as recent as last night, I watched Cry Macho. Cry Macho. Starring and directed by Clint Eastwood. Aren't you William Money? William Money? The bank robber that shot and killed the stagecoach men? In the bank robbery of, train robbery of, 1842? Yeah, I reckon that's about right. Alright, which one of you sons of bitches is William Money? You can't shoot me? 
I don't deserve this. Aren't you William Money? William Money, the train robber that shot and killed the stagecoach man of the train robbery of 1882? Yeah, that's damn right. I'm William Money. There was about a time in which I'd shoot and kill any damn thing that moved. And I'm coming to shoot and kill you, little Bill. You can't do this. I don't deserve it. Deserves got nothing to do with it. All right, I'm coming out. And any of you sons of bitches come after me, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to shoot and kill you, your wife, burn your whole damn house down, kill your children. <laughs> you got to ask yourself, you feeling lucky? Well, do you, punk? Fucking Clint Eastwood. Motherfucker's like 98. Some shit like that. He's in his 90s. Starring in movies, directing directing movies. A Hollywood legend. Clint Eastwood. Well, his latest flick, Cry Macho. I checked that out uh, last night. Yeah, it's a story of like... Redemption... The redemption of a man, which is translatable to anyone, and the the one of the central themes being machismo, machoism. You know, to coin the spaghetti westerns, machismo, senor. To coin the spaghetti westerns that it used to be in, right? But like macho, cry macho. The film's called Cry Macho, for crying out loud, right? So one of the themes is, you know, machismo, machoism, and, you know, the idea of what is that quality of a man, you know, that, that backbone, that male strength, what is pride and vanity, what is um, true grit and backbone, you know, a, a moral fiber. A leg to stand on. Cry macho. Fantastic. Especially if you're a fan of Clint. You know, I like Clint Eastwood in his movies, you know. The good, the bad, the ugly. Um, uh, Unforgiven. My little impression off the top there. Unforgiven. Uh, Under Siege, I think. Or no, is that Steven Seagal? He did a film that was... It was it was some sort of CIA, FBI, um, espionage film. It was either called Under Siege or In the Line of Fire. I think it was called In the Line of Fire with Rene Russo. And I'm telling you, man, Clint Eastwood, he can swear like no other. There was one of these scenes where, like, he, you know, somebody's, you know, he, you know, he's talking to someone, right? Hey, yeah, you know, well, uh, you know, I, I'm here to get the facts and nothing more. All right, pal, now, if you're in line with that, I think we'll be good. Then, like, somebody, like, creeped up behind him or something, right? They're like, ah, freeze. Freeze there, Clint Eastwood. Or whatever the line was, right? Some villain. Freeze, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, like, whirls around, right? He's like, 
Oh, yeah? What the fuck you think you're doing, huh? What are you sons of bitches? Why don't you, you want to fucking step to this? I don't think you want any part of this. Why don't you pick that fucking... He's just like... <laughs> he's just like... He went like pure thug. He's like, thug, thug, thug. He's like... What the fuck do you think this is? What kind of fucking... You know, little fucking mamby-pamby games. Would you get that goddamn gun out of my face? I'll fuck your ass up. Like, he was just like chewing into this guy, right? I was like, <laughs> you know? I, 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 I hadn't, up until that time, I'd never really heard him, like, curse. You know, like, a lot, and a lot, I mean, in his earlier films, you know, coming up in the 50s and 60s and stuff like that, late, late 60s, early 60s, late 60s, you know? He was on that television show Rawhide, and then you know he did those spaghetti westerns, and he just became this piece of Americana, an icon, right? So like when he was coming up, a lot of his earlier work, he never really cursed that much. I mean, you know, damn hell, you know, son of a bitch, like stuff like that. But that was the first time in the line of fire when I heard him dropping f bombs. Right? The fuck's the matter with you? You think you're gonna fuck with me? Kick your fucking ass, you son of a bitch. I'll fuck you, motherfuckers. And he's just like chewing into it. I was like, <laughs> Clint Eastwood. So, yeah, crime. Pardon moi, folks. A little spittle. Cry macho. Um, yeah. Highly recommend. It's a, it's a feel good film. You know, I enjoyed watching it. And, um, I was thoroughly entertained. Cry Macho. Directed and starring Clint Eastwood. Fantastic. And um, as I am a thespian actor myself, um, just the idea of, you know, yeah, those, I mean, just, he's got that masculine image and just that backbone, which I think transcends race, sex, all that, you know? He's got that backbone of character that I think is admirable, you know? You know, he stands the test of time. He stands for his morals. That's that's kind of a, a thread of his in his characterizations and his acting work and his directing. And then um, just the longevity, the longevity of a career. I mean, he's still kicking, healthy, making films, directing films, starring in films. He's like in his 90s. So, all around, as a thespian, you know, I really enjoy and relate to Clint Eastwood's work. Hallelujah. More power to him. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. Quick sip of coffee, boss. Don't mind me, boss. Mm. Sundown, you better take care. Coffee in the evening. It's very nice. I'm also a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yes. Um, I've been thinking as of late. So, podcasting. Podcasting is something that came about, I don't know what, became kind of, started growing you know, 2005, 2006, 2007, mid to late 2000s, right? 
podcasting kind of started to bloom. Now, here we are in 2022, and it's a very influential platform, medium, for anyone, you know, um, a DIY, do-it-yourself podcast. Let's say you're a tradesperson, or a cook, or fashion, um, finance, politics. So, for the comedian, it's a very valuable tool. It keeps you fresh in your performing keeps you current with the times, connecting with an audience base, potentially. And um, it's a good way to get your brand out there, right? And today I want to speak about, um, in a very vague sense, I have no need to no play no games, say no names. Like I'm not trying to pinpoint anything other than to just make a general point, you know? The black comic community versus the white comic community. It's very real. You think it wouldn't matter. And in a lot of senses, it doesn't. The best of the best work within the framework of comedy. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. If it's funny, it's funny. However, there are some situations situations in life that I don't know you know some comics only play the black circuit as black comics some white comics find that they relate really well to black audiences and then they're only in the black circuit then you got white comics that are you know on the mainstream white circuit you know what I mean um but again the people want what the people want. And especially in this day and age when, you know, connecting with an audience is as simple as having a cell phone. You have a cell phone, you can create a channel on a platform, do social media. So there's not really an excuse to get yourself out there to an audience. But there is still a strange, unwritten ebb and flow cross-racially in comedy. And one thing I'm noticing is, you know, in the white comic community, they cross-pollinate. Busy as bees. You know, cross-pollinating, you know, jacking off on one juniper berry bush and then the bleep, you know, bees, you know, he goes and jerks off in a juniper berry bush and, and then he, then he cross pollinates. He goes and spreads it over to like, you know, a huckleberry bush or whatever. And he goes and jerking off on, jerking off on huckleberry bushes and juniper berry bushes. And that's how cross pollination works. So metaphorically. You know, you got these white comics, busy as bees, cross-pollinating, jerking off on juniper berry, huckleberry bushes, if you follow. Doing each other's podcasts, promoting each other, you know, bigging up each other. And sure, there are probably a lot of backstage petty nonsense that goes on. It's inevitable, you know, as a stand-up comedy my, comic myself. You know, in the comedy game myself, I've seen a lot of petty backstage horse shit. It just, it can happen. You know, a lot of comics are 
part of what is so great about comics and what people relate to is the insightfulness, the willingness to um, put themselves out there on a limb for a joke, to make a point, to speak to truth. Well, one unfortunate side effect is a lot of comics are or have been in their feelings, so to speak, very sensitive, you know, so it it happens. There's, you know, people get read wrong, confrontations happen, little scuttles, you know, scuffles, two tears in a bucket, motherfucker, you know. So I'm sure in the white comedy community, there are little petty games and nonsenses, but they don't seem to air them. I'm very much aware of what's going on in the comedy podcasting landscape. There's a lot of comedy shows that I watch in podcasting. A lot of comics that I follow. I'm aware of what's going on. And one thing these white comics seem to do, aside from their problems, if there are any, or differences, like I said, they be busy as bees, cross-pollinating. Doing each other's shows, bigging each other up, putting together tours connecting, using their audience base to grow with another comics audience audience base and leveling up. Then you look at the black community. You know, they're buzzing all right, but they're more like vultures, you know, buzzing around like buzzards, you know. <coughs> Chomping, neck pecking, neck pecking, you know. <coughs> like, like buzzards, buzzing around like buzzards. Eating the dead entrails of one another, you know. Oh, yo, yo, motherfucker said this, yo. You're coming up in my spot, you know. It's like, well, I'm headlining the motherfucker stage. Well, I'll be on my stage, well, you know how I get down. You know, I get down, I got, you know, I got my fresh gators on, I got my suit on. I'm fre- I'm dressed depressed, ready to fresh, you know. I'm doing my thing. Motherfucker come in my show, try to blow up my spot, take my fucking audience. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Play it. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mother's son, all right. Show nigga come up on my place trying to play. Oh, hell no. I'm the headline around here. You know, um, you know, a nigga coming over here looking all goofy with him cornball joke. Trashing one another, starting beefs, blah, 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 yippity, yappity, boo, go, 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 go. And if you look at the numbers on their, like, podcasts, they're getting numbers. They're getting views. And it's like there's so much opportunity in there for them to work together. But it's kind of ironic. There's something in this black community. And don't don't you go hating me yet or trying to cancel me yet, black community. I'm going to be bitching about white, white folk a little bit later in the program. You know, they ain't so fucking cute themselves. All right? Everybody's full of shit when it comes down to it. Just pick your stench. You know, everyone's full of shit. But, um, you know... Their numbers are pretty good on these um, black comedy podcasts, but they're always like beefing and fighting and causing commotion instead of like working together. Like I said, cross-pollinating, cross-promotion, doing each other's shows. It's very strange. Because when you look into the white comic universe kind of like a marvel universe of characters you know like you know the avengers meets the x-men meets the incredible hulk meets spider-man like in a multiverse in the comedy multiverse 
you see a lot of white comics doing things together, cross-pollinating, doing shows, getting deals, specials, this, that, and the other, television shows, films, da-da-da. Then you look at the black community, and it's very, like, fragmented. And it's very ironic because, you know, as much as the black community, you know, each one, teach one. Yo, reach back and help a brother out. Each one, teach one. You need to know your history. You know, the community has to do this. The community has to solve the problem. Yet the community, you know, when you throw a dollar on the floor, will fight like buzzards. (laughs) Chomping and clawing like buzzards over every loose change that falls out of the, you know, proverbial pocket. You know? Like buzzards. And they're all in their feelings and they're all like, you know, prideful. And when it comes to the community, when it comes to a little bit of shine or a little bit of money, they get very individualistic. I'm, I'm top dog around here. You heard? Yo, yo, nigga, nigga trying to come up in my place, try to take my spot. Ain't gonna happen. Yo, I'm motherfucking... I'm the, what, H-I-G, head nigga in charge around here. Yeah, <laughs> H-I-N-G or whatever. I'm the head nigga in charge around here, nigga. Coming up in my spot, taking my shine, trying to blow up my thing. I'm the headliner, boy. You couldn't hold a candle to my microphone stand, boy. And why I say this is because it's like, um, I don't know. You know, they get prideful and they get individualistic instead of thinking about working together. Because when I go into the white comedy multiverse for some entertainment, you know, I can go onto a streaming site and I start looking up, you know, comics that are relatively within the same genre. And you see that they're doing each other's shows and they're, you know, they're doing stuff and you watch their product, you watch their podcasts and it's very funny and they're talkative and it flows and it's conversational and it's topical and it's philosophical and it's there's a lot of different things to take away from it. It's thoroughly entertaining. Then you go to the black multiverse of comedians and you look for shows and podcasts or whatever and yeah, it's funny and yeah, it's entertaining. But it's all like gossip, negativity, beef. And it don't seem like they work together. And it seems like, you know, the white comics and the white multiverse, they're winning. The deals, the, the, uh, the notoriety, the everything, the, the career, the growth, it's being, it's being shown in their careers. And then you look at the black community, it's so like fragmented and it's like, and the, and the thing with, with them is always like, oh, this motherfucker deserves his roses. You know, you don't, you know, I'm going to give this motherfucker his roses before it's too late. And, and everybody is, everybody is somebody that somebody should have heard of. And you want to give this person their roses before it's too late. And they should be bigger. And this, that, and they all should have, would have, could have. And it's like, well, you know, maybe a little bit more cooperation. You can get away from that should have, would have, could have. Pull your trousers up. <laughs> That's my pound cake speech. You know, 
You know, niggas, y'all niggas learn, need to learn to pull your damn drawers up. Walk around here with your drawers all on the floor. I speak English. So I can't spell it. Pudding. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramtran. Yellow pudding. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramtran, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Quick sip of coffee, boss. Another one. Don't mind me, boss. Hot. Freedom rally protests. 2022. The Freedom Convoy 2022, which was initiated by the brave Canadian truckers of Canada, the Canadian truckers of Canada, um, when they uh, protested peacefully on Parliament Hill in Ottawa, Canada, February 2022. Well, at the moment, um, Hi, everyone. I'm Justin Trudeau. Hi, everyone. I love blackface. I pretend to be gay just to get votes. I steal money from charities. Hi, everyone. Deo. Me say deo. Daylight come and me one go home. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Fucking Justine Trudeau. Uh, cupcake mimbo. Well, this is kind of old news at the moment, but, you know, he invoked the Emergencies Measures Act, which gave government carte blanche to, you know, act with, like, impunity, I believe the word is. You know, no consequence. They can just shut down the truckers' fundraising accounts. The the fundraising, the truckers had garnered support from many Canadians. All their fundraising funds were seized, stilled and seized. To this moment, we still don't know what's going on with those funds. Apparently, they're going to be returned. Apparently, all the fundraising funds for the truckers are going to be returned. Their bank accounts were frozen. All sorts of havoc was wreaked on their business, their licenses, their insurance. Just treated like terrorists and criminals. Ironically called racists and misogynists and, you know, all sorts of things from the Trudeau government blackface. You know? So the Emergencies Act was invoked for a couple days. I don't fucking know. Go look it up. All right. We live in an era where you have to think for yourself. So don't just take my fucking word for it because I'm saying it. You want to know the exact date of when the Emergencies Measures was invoked and when it was revoked? You go look it up. Not to get on your ass about it. You know, I'm, you're my dear listeners. You're my dear viewers. I love you. But the rest of you fucking naysayers... Go look it up yourself, you know? Take my fucking word for it. Anyway, um, so the Emergencies Act was invoked, revoked. And now we're at a point where 
um, the truckers have been, I would say, illegally, or at least undemocratically, pushed, muscled, and in some cases beaten, pepper sprayed, out of Ottawa. Towed, the trucks were towed and seized, and, you know, it's, it's a whole dilemma, but it's not over. Um, a lot of them have reassembled in smaller communities outside of Ottawa. And a lot of freedom protests are continuing through cities across Canada and across the globe. Yes, over these trumped up, I hate to say that word trumped up because it doesn't fit the situation. Trump was ironically a blessing during COVID-19. He handled it with a lot of tack, tact and righteousness. Hate it or love it, he was doing a lot of good things for covid Versus some of the shit that, um, you know, these leaders that we're seeing are doing, you know? Fucking Sleepy Joe. Come on, man. You need to look at the science, okay, man? I mean, uh, these, these fucking super predators are out there raping fucking and uh, robbing banks and shit. That's why, if you look at the science, they need to be medically tested first. I mean... Uh, come on, man. Look at the science, man. These super these super predators are out there fucking and raping and protesting, which is their right as a, an American citizen. Uh, uh, come on, man. Look at the false science, man. You got fucking Justine Trudeau. Hi. Masks indefinitely. Hide in the sewer. The truckers are coming. The truckers are coming. You know, you got those type of ignoramuses, you know, Trump, we're going to be a healthy country, we're going to get the nation back to work, children, children with their beautiful immune systems, God bless them, they are the future, we need to get things better for the kids, this too shall pass, the Chinese flu that came from China, we're going to get past this. He was a blessing during COVID-19. Hate him or love him. He acted with a lot of righteousness and common sense, which a lot of leaders aren't. And, um, you know, it's not over. Not over. The Freedom Convoy 2022 that was sparked by the truckers of Canada spreading globally and it's definitely spreading to cities in Canada as well. I recently uh, have been attending protest protest rallies. Quick sip of coffee balls. Don't mind me balls. Oh. You know. Yeah. I've been recently attending protest rallies in Toronto, Canada. This weekend, you know, it's Sunday night right now, but this this weekend has been like the fourth rally I attended. Um, we meet at Queen's Park 
which is basically like um, University Avenue and Wellesley is kind of the intersection. It's right in the heart town. It's right in the heart of downtown Toronto, Queens Park, University Avenue and Wellesley Street, I believe. Yeah. And um, it's right in the heart of downtown Toronto. It's the governmental uh, play. uh, I was going to say playground. Yeah, it's the governmental grounds, you know, for government and, um, you know, in Toronto. Queen's Park. Um, and as I was speaking earlier about, um, you know, some of the differences in the black comedy community versus the white comedy community, I want to talk a little bit about some of the, um, I guess, some of the racial workings and characterizations of these freedom protests. So, I am 100% in agreement with the protests. It's undemocratic, completely undemocratic. Um, these are unlawful mandates that are being imposed upon us, and our civil liberties are going down the drain. Simply put, I agree with those. Then you watch on the news and you see a lot of, I would say, well, I don't know, just the the legacy media, the fake news, trying to spin this narrative that these protests are by people that are racists, homophobes, misogynists, a fringe minority, these mental patients, loose out to spread misinformation, medical misinformation and um, xenophobia throughout the land. And it's just simply not true. And when those situations do occur, they can either be plants, you know? You know, you got some person who's like, you know, a little bit more... Hey, they believe in the governmental overreach for whatever reason. They're a little bit more liberal-leaning. They, they're a social justice warrior. They see the world the way they do. You got a lot of plants, I'm sure. People that go to rallies to incite emotions and feelings, waving swastikas or union jacks or just spouting nonsense as plants planting themselves at these rallies and trying to incite a reaction. They don't represent the voice of the true people, the true people at the rally. These are people that are into their civil liberties and for the most part are live and let live. Like, I respect you and all I ask is that you let me be me. You be you, I be me. Live and let live. That's the vast majority. Though, you do see this small percentage. I would say it's like less than 5%. Like between 1% and 5% of the population attending these events. Like when I go out to these um, protests in Toronto, there are 
hundreds, if not a couple thousand. You know, there's hundreds of people at these protest marches, you know, and like one, two, three, a few times you see people just yelling stupid stuff. And if you look at them, they don't reflect the voice of the vast, 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 vast majority. They're just like, you know, they they probably have some sort of mental problem. They're under some kind of mental duress. They're just angry and they're yelling stuff. And, you know, it's just a, it's, it's an untrue assessment of the vast majority of these protesters. The vast majority of these protesters aren't racists or homophobes or misogynists. They're just people out for their civil liberties. And here's another thing, too. Um, in the outlook of, you know, independence, even if these people were, I would still support it. It's up to them. I'm not out to enforce my will on others or impose myself. If a person wants to hate me because I'm a black man, it's right up there. It's right up their alley. It's their choice. And what I know is that when you hate one, you hate them all. Like, think about it. How can you be like, you know, you know, I love my children. I'm a black man. Let's say I had, you know, let's say I had kids. Oh, I'm a black man that loves his children. I love my children. I love my wife. But one thing I can't stand is white people. I believe in CRT, critical race theory. I believe white people are, you know, intersectionally holding back colored people in society. It's the white man's fault for all eternity. I distrust and dislike the white man. And I'm going to teach that to my children. It doesn't really make any sense. If you hate one, you hate them all. How do you kiss and tuck your child in at night? Good night, son. I love you. And then turn around and hate another person. You hate one. You hate them all. And when you have that hate in you, it's so easy to transfer it. You know, just the wrong word. A mistake. A off-color remark. A dirty look is enough to send a person into hell to hate you when they have that kind of hate. You hate one, you hate them all. Same thing with um, these, um, you know, so-called, um, you know, white white nationalists or whatever, Aryan Brotherhood, Proud Boys, uh, whatever, KKK. Sure, go ahead and hate me for being black. Or go ahead and hate a Jewish person. But if you hate one, you hate them all. How do you kiss your child goodnight, hug your wife, tell her you love her before you go to work? And then turn around and be like, yo, I hate them niggers and fucking them Jews and them China people. I hate, like, it's insane. If you hate one, you hate them all. And that hate is so easily transferable, you know? Your family members that you love, if they disagree with you on something, now you hate them. Somebody gives you a bad look, now you hate them. When you're filled with that petty hate. It's so petty, so small. If you hate one, 
you hate them all. And I guess what I'm wrestling with is um, having attended these uh, rallies. I do see that the vast majority of people are in the spirit of love and independence and brotherly, neighborly uh, love. Do unto others as you'll have done unto you. Though I do see a very significantly small element. Like I'm talking... Like I said, they're either plants or they're just people totally couple screws loose in the old noodle, you know? Like there was this one guy at the rally this past Saturday. He was just walking on the perimeter and he was just shouting like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. That's stupid. What are you doing? I thought he had a... Like he's just a disconnected wacko. He would be great for the fake news. Just some disconnected wacko yelling nonsense. I was listening for a minute or two. It was so like fragmented. It didn't make any sense. He was just angry and yelling. It had nothing to do with anything. All he knew was there's a bunch of people. There's possibly some attention opportunities going on here to get some attention so then he just started screaming nonsense. It wasn't direct. Like, it was just like, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck, fuck, fuck. It was just like nonsense. Then I saw another situation that was quite weird. Um, There's this one girl. It's kind of funny how you can notice. Like, I, you could just see things sometimes. I saw this one girl walking around. She just seemed a little off. You know, she just had a little sort of a twinkle in her eye, a certain just uneasiness about her. It's not, you know, she didn't look like a street person or anything, but she just looked a little off. Then I saw this other dude walking around and he looked like a, 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 an, um, um, an Indian man, like a Middle Eastern man of some sort, South Asian man. And he's walking around and, you know, he had a Canadian flag and. You know, he was there to, obviously, they were both there, obviously, to protest against these mandates, this governmental overreach. And at some moment, they got into a huge fight. What the fuck are you? Fuck you, bitch. Get out of my face. What the fuck are you doing? Get away from me. Fuck you. Fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. Fuck you. Fuck you. What are you doing? Fuck you. And then, like, the woman, she's like, fuck you. She was like in his face. So like they're both having like this confrontation. And from from what I can gather, um the Indian man said, She told me to go home. What did she told me to go home? That I she she was here in this country before me. Who the fuck are you telling me to go home? I'm a Canadian. I belong here. Don't you fucking tell me what to go don't fucking And she was just like, Fuck you, fuck you screaming in his face. And then he turned his back to her. He's like, fuck you. And he turned around. Then she pushed him. Pushed him in the back. Then the hysteria. Fuck you, fuck you. Or fuck you, bitch, fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. They're screaming at each other. And he kept on saying, she told me to go home. 
She told me to go home and I don't belong here. I'm Canadian. I'm standing with my brothers. I belong here. No, no, no. Breaks your heart, you know? And he had his flag. But then again, he was a little odd too. So I don't really know what happened. I don't know what happened. Because she was obviously crazy. Yet he was obviously crazy. So craziness ensued. But then a beautiful thing did happen. Um, As the protesters are mainly for God and family, we were getting close to that marching time. You know, it was, you know, we rallied, we conjugated, we talked. Then it was time to march. And, um, you know, we were doing the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We're going into the Lord's Prayer. And um, the crazy lady came over to the Indian man. She's like, you know, I'm not usually like this. I'm sorry, okay? And he's just like, what the fuck are you mean? You know, well, you're not usually like this, huh? Okay, well, you're not usually like that, so what? She's like, I'm not usually like this. <laughs> they came together and they, you know, they hugged. They hugged it out. They talked it out. They built a bridge. East meets west, so to speak. Okay, I forgive you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> hugged it out. For the kingdom. The power and the glory are yours, forever and ever. Amen. All right, I forgive you. And I forgive you. And they're hugging it out. But they were definitely mental patients. Like, I saw the whole thing. I mean, I saw most of it. I don't know what started it, but they were mental, all right? So it's like those camera ops, those those little snippets of mania are what people are latching onto to call these truckers and these protesters and this movement. That's what gives it a black eye, no pun intended. You know, that's what gives it the old shiner. Calling these people racists, homophobes, misogynists, white nationalists. It's really taken out of context. It's like a small percentage of people and these people are like far from normal, unfortunately. I mean, they both had crazy written all over them, you know? And even I experienced a couple moments of um, strangeness. You know, I'm standing at the rally, chilling out. And again, I'll post some pictures, man. It was, you know, these rallies are pretty cool. Queens Park bunch of Canadians and again there's a lot of people of different races I saw black you know mainly white but so what isn't like western countries mainly white people anyway but anyways I don't know like mainly white people but you know there were speckles of black speckles of um you know Asian Indian what have you there were these uh youngsters I don't know look like they were like in their 
mid to early 20s. They had like these remote control cars. That was really cool. These remote control trucks with the little Canadian flags on them. <laughs> Driving them around. And it was really cool. And they're going into the snow banks. And um, it was just a real nice touch. Real nice touch. You know, you're standing there at the rally, chilling out. And you see like, and we're there to support the truckers and the whole freedom convoy movement. The lifting of these crazy mandates. Then you see these trucks buzzing around, right? These little uh, remote control trucks. It's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, you know, um, like 99%, 99.9% of the these rallies are just so important and unifying. Then you have these fringe elements. Like, for example, um, I was stand Like, this was the first time out of the four times, uh, I guess, Saturday in particular. These two incidents. First time in the f- four times that I've been to these rallies, anything like this happened. And I, I don't even really know what to make of it. I'm standing there. Somebody order a wambulance. Conflated fake news. Somebody burned some toast and now the fire department's got to fly over there in a panic. You think the whole city would be burning to a crisp. The amount of fire trucks you hear buzzing off every day in the city, yet there's like never a fire reported. And granted, I don't want to to all my, you know, fire truckers out there, 10-4. But, um... Ugh. Not exactly something you want to hear on the old earlobe, you know? <laughs> Somebody order a wambulance? I digress. So, there I am. I'm standing at the rally. And... You know, there's people walking around with their flags, and they're beautiful. I took a few pictures. Really tugs on the old heartstrings as a, you know, you love your country, you love the freedoms, you don't take them for granted. Really tugs on the old heartstrings. So, you know, people walking around with their flags. Cool. So, you know, I'm, I'm standing in an area. This guy starts walking up towards me, and he's carrying this huge flag, and I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at the flag, and, you know, uh, I look down at my phone for a second, and then... I kind of looked up at him and perhaps I had a sideways look on my face. I was like, I looked up at him, right? And uh, he's looking at me. He's carrying his flag. Then he goes, um, where's your flag? And I was just like looking at him, right? And then I was like, I pointed to my lapel. I had a Canadian pin. On my jacket lapel. Canadian pin. So I pointed to my pin. And he didn't say anything. He's just like. And he walks off with his flag. And it was strange. This is what I'll say about white people. Especially in this times of, you know, this protest where people call them white nationalists or 
you know, racists and the whole white agenda. Sometimes white people just, for whatever reason, they're uncomfortable around black people and then they project. Like they want to feel comfortable and they do project. It's not particularly racist or prejudiced, but they're just jumpy and weird. And, you know, if a black person takes major offense to it, they can make it into a big deal. But I don't know what their intentions are, but sometimes they are kind of entitled and sort of jumpy and imposing. Like, why is this guy even talking to me, first of all? Actually, no, that's like the third thing. First of all, the reason, if you recall, the reason why I kind of was on my phone, I just kind of looked up at him which might have prompted him to talk to me. Where's your flag? I just kind of look up at him. There was so much space for him to walk. There was like 20 feet of space for him to walk and make a turn. Yet he kind of beelines right towards me. He's like within two, three feet of me. Then he turns. And as he's turning, you know, there's the flag billowing in the wind. It's like, that's why I looked up. I'm like, why is this? Fucking idiot walking up on me like an idiot. Like he's got all his space to walk. Why are you walking up on me like an idiot? It's common sense. It's not that, you know, I'm some angry black man. It's just common sense. Hey, stupid. See all that fucking space you have to walk? Why don't you go walk over there? What are you walking up on me like an idiot for? That's what I'm thinking in my head. Like, you know, common sense, right? Anyways, that's, I look up. I'm like, why is this guy walking up on me? And then he... That might have prompted him to be like, oh, a black man, black man looking at me. Oh, he probably thinks I'm a racist for carrying a flag. And then, he, then he says, um, where's your flag? And I'm like, pointed to my lapel and he walked off. It was kind of a weird little situation. I don't know what to make of it. I'm not going to shit the bed over it, but... As I do kind of, you know, you know, like I've, I've spoken before, you know, I'm not for CRT. Um, I think the black community has to do a lot for themselves. And, you know, there's so much problems within our community that has nothing to do with anyone else other than ourselves. You know, family structure, you know, things like that. But where I differ from a lot of other like-minded, you know, right-leaning blacks is that I do see the fucking games and the little fuckery and the little attitudes and the weirdness that white people do. I'm not going to blame it. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to blame my problems and stuff on white people, but they play their little fucking games as well. Like, don't be cute. All right? Don't be fucking cute. You know, you see a lot of conservatives online, black conservatives going, black people need to pull their pants up and do for themselves. And I find it morally outrageous to believe in theories such as CRT and we need family structure and dynamics. True. But white people do play little fucking games. Some of them. You're going to march up on me like an idiot Then when I look at you? Oh, what's this black man looking at me for? Where's your flag? I'm just... It's like, why are you walking within two inches of me when you have fucking all that space to walk? I didn't look up and think, oh, here comes a white man. He probably wants to lynch me. I looked up and thought, here comes some wacko walking close to me for no reason. Am I going to have to punch this guy in the face? It didn't even occur to me that he was white. 
I'm like, why is a man walking up on me like an idiot? That's all I thought. Am I going to have to deck this motherfucker? Like, I'm just like, weirdo walking at me? Why is this weirdo walking at me? Play little swarmy games. And then there was this other guy. He was like, this guy is not even, I'm going to be brief on this one. This kid, I saw him. He's like probably like, I don't know, 20 or something. This 20-year-old kid, he's like, he was dressed up in like um, a Soviet outfit. Or like a, I don't know, a Cossack or some shit. I don't know. He was dressed up. Some, you know, he had that fucking, you know, like them beaver hats that you, you know, Russians and Serbians and shit wear, you know, them fucking beaver hats. And he had like a fucking trench coat on and he was dressed up like a cosmonaut. It's fucking cosmonaut. We're marching. We're in full march. We're in like, you know, downtown Toronto, marching around. And he just kind of walks up on me. He goes, are you marching with us or are you just out for a walk? It was such an odd question. I don't know what he meant by it. I don't know why he walked up to me, the only black person in the vicinity, and said that. Are you marching with us or are you just out for a walk? And I thought, I'm like, is he singling me out because I'm black? Is this a joke? Is this an honest question? What should I respond to him? I was thinking, I was thinking, I was thinking, and then the only thing that came to me was when you don't know what to do, don't do anything. So I was just like, I just looked at him. I was like, then he went off and like, he didn't even miss a beat. You know, he, he made his little weird remark, then then he latched on to the next person, like a parasite. Hey, buddy, blah, 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 and he started running his mouth, talking. And, uh, he's talking, he's talking. Then I saw him, like, running up ahead, and he's on a megaphone. He's, like, yelling at the crowd. Like, he was, like, in a state of, he was in a state of, like, exaggeration and, like, an adrenaline rush and a possession. Like, he was just in a state of, he was just running around talking. Right? Yelling and crazy, shout, shouting into a speaker, into like a megaphone. You know, the government works for us. We don't work for the government. They work for us. And he's just yelling, right? So it's like, am I going to... I don't know what he meant by that. You know, walked up to me, the only black guy in the vicinity. Are you marching with us or are you just out for a walk? It's like, well, I am in the middle of a pro. Uh, in, in the middle of a COVID-19 mandate protest with no mask on, marching along. I mean, what a strange question. And I didn't know what to say, so I just looked at him. Didn't make a big deal of it. I just tried to, I tried to wash it off, let the stink, let it air out. I'm just like, let it just air out. It did. Continued with, you know, marching with the brothers and sisters that were there protesting these uh, mandates. And I didn't, you know, didn't paint them all with the same brush. Like I said, it's like there's like one out of hundreds of people acting crazy. But the interesting thing that they both said was the one guy walked up to me. Remember I mentioned the guy with the flag who walked a little too close to me? His words to me were, where's your flag? And then that other mental patient, his words to me were, are you marching with us? 
Are you just out for a walk? Both questions were like, am I with them? Do I belong? Where's your flag? Are you marching with us? Are you out for a walk? Are you, like the question is, are you with us? Singling me out, am I with them? When it's like, well, it's pretty obvious. I'm standing maskless at a mask rally, anti-mask rally, anti-mandate rally, standing there maskless. I mean, I don't know how much more evident it could get, right? But like, that's why I didn't answer them both times. I was just like, and they were, they didn't represent the group of people there. Everybody was free love and everybody was well-intentioned. Even they, I don't really know. That, and I don't want to judge them. What I will do next time someone, anyone, black, white, whatever, Next time somebody asks me a question that I find kind of imposing and odd, instead of being stumped and just saying nothing, because, you know, I'm still growing in this um, this kind of peace that I'm seeking in life. And I don't want to judge my fellow man and my neighbor. And, you know, I, the only thing that could come to me in both those situations was if you don't got nothing to say, you don't know what to do, don't do anything. They were confusing questions, nonsensical questions. So I didn't say anything. In the future, what I will do is just say, sorry, I'm confused by your situation. Sorry, I'm confused. What do you mean? Something like that. Like, oh, what do you mean? I'm not sure what you mean. And should they want to spew some negativity, they'll spew it. Should they want to just clarify what they're saying and it's just a miscommunication? Cool. So, you know, there are games that some, everybody's playing a game. We live in a world of cynicism motivated by self-interest. Nobody really cares. Black Lives Matter! Black Lives Matter. Two Black Lives Matter. Um, no more mandates. No more mandates to people who believe in no more mandates. It's a game of self-importance. And if you hate one, you hate them all. So whatever. But the marches are very... Well, I'm surprised how well organized and effective they are. Everybody meets up at Queen's Park, 12 p.m. The march usually starts around 2 p.m. They meet up for 12. They start marching around 2 p.m., I believe. And they hit up a lot of major spots. Um, They go, uh, you know, up University Avenue. Then they head east on Bloor Street West. Then they hit up Young Street. And they stop at like, um, you know, Dundas Square, right in front of the City TV News, I believe. You know, they they sing the national anthem and they're right there in front of the media. Then they stop in front of uh, another news channel, media outlet, on Queen Street East. Queen and 
I don't know, like right off of Queen and University, like the Much Music building. They they stop right in front of there, a news outlet. They protest. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Then they stop in front of the Health and Sciences building on College and... Uh, I don't know. College and Beverly, just right around Chinatown, right in the heart of the University of Toronto campus. campus. And... Uh, you know, it's effective and it's democratic. It's what we got to do to push back against these mandates. Make you sick to your stomach. So I hope what um, I can impart from all that, if you've weathered through the listening, thank you very much for your listenership and viewership. Um, if, you, if you braved the rapids and you heard me out on this episode, I just like to say that, you know, any anger or negativity, whether it be homophobic, anti-Semitism, um, transphobic, misogynistic, um, racist, whatever agenda, what I'm seeing on the ground at these freedom rally protests sparked by the Freedom Convoy 2022, what I'm seeing 99.9% of the time, people standing up for family, God, and freedom, liberty, liberty from these undemocratic, unlawful mandates, a live and let live motto. That's what I'm vastly seeing. And any disturbance of anger and everything that goes with that, it's a very small percentage. Like, very small. And obviously, when you take a look, it's also accompanied with some sort of um, mental duress. These people are usually just, they're off their rocker. You, you just take one look at it and be like, oh, that person's not exactly that stable. It's not like, um, hey, I'm just going to bring this out of myself for no reason, you know? Like, uh, to be angry and this, that, and the other, you know? And spew this hatred out in public. It's... um. It's, it's truly a small percentage, and it's, it's pretty inconsequential to the big picture. The big picture is we are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, ideally, Christ love, and to live and let live. Do unto others as you will have done unto you. Thank you very much for listening. Um... And we continue on. I extend that to any of y'all out there. Do what you need to do in your community. And, um, you know, be heard. Peacefully protest and um, stand up for democracy. Stand up for um, individual 
liberty, which protects us all. Hallelujah. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent February. Twenty-seventh in the year of our Lord, 2022. Yes, Freedom Rally protests. Um, you know, people working out their issues. If you hate one, you hate them all. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please... Would you help my black ass out already? Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. Ah, hi. The best is yet to come. Peace.